Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. You know, there's some people that are just bad at Twitter. I've had bad tweets. I don't think I'm bad at Twitter. There's a, there's a difference there. Bad tweets and bad at Twitter, at Twitter, not the same thing. Reminder, check out the latest lines on World of Sports, the Bet River Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21, President Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. I would venture to say that there is no... Well, there, there are worse people on Twitter, but in terms of matching up, matching up with how big a name, personality, how out in front of public they are. I'm not sure there's anybody worse than Magic Johnson. By the way, this show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, and race and competition is always on. Whether you root for or whatever sport you love to watch, the biggest games are even bigger in Vegas. Make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Magic Johnson has always had some just bizarre tweets. Bizarre. And of those bizarre tweets, you know, you get the, like, the most obvious one. Like, it's cold outside. You should wear a jacket. Like, that's, that, is that the, is that the, it's like just so basic and formulaic. It's raining outside. Make sure your windows are up. Thanks, Magic. I appreciate that one. The Lakers won the game because they had more points than the Spurs. Woo, that's a good one. Right? Like, none of it is factually incorrect, but there's no reason to tweet most of it. Saturday night, the Nuggets, who are still without Jamal Murray, although they still have uh, Nikola Jokic. The Nuggets beat the Lakers. You ready for it? 133-96. to 96. Here's Magic's tweet after the game. Um, Lakers fans can accept being outplayed, but we deserve more than a lack of effort and no sense of urgency. Remember, he's the former president of the team, a Hall of Famer, and of course, a uh, not just a, an NBA champion four times over, but he's one of the five greatest modern-day basketball players. Like, we got to this place where we've forgotten that Larry Bird and Matt Johnson ran and saved the league. Owner Jeannie Buss, you deserve better. Okay, so now, is part of this a little bit of a smack at Rob Palenka, who he had a falling out with, who was his GM? Sure. I'm sure that's why he said Jeannie Buss deserves better. He didn't say Rob Palenka and Jeannie Buss deserve better. But Russell Westbrook was asked about Magic's tweet. Here's his response. Russ, Magic Johnson tweeted after the game that there was not enough effort, uh, not a sense of urgency, and that Laker fans and Jeannie Buss deserve better from from the team that they support. I just wanted to see if you had a reaction to Magic's take. Oh, I do not. I do not have a reaction. Everybody is entitled in this world to their opinion, um, regardless of what that is. You can either take it and 
Rumble it, or you can take it and put it one ear, not the other, um, or you cannot respond to it. But Magic's getting tied up to his opinion, and he's not here every day. He's not around us every day. He's not aware of kind of what's going on internally um, with us and trying to figure things out. Uh, but I have no response to that. But like I said, everybody in this world is entitled to their opinion. So he's everybody's entitled to their opinion. Magic's not here. There, there's nothing wrong with Russell's response, right? He wasn't defensive. Because if you read it, well, Magic's not here every day, it sounds more defensive than how he laid it out. Hey, look, Magic's not here. He doesn't know that we're working through some things, we're trying to figure some stuff out. We're getting guys back. He doesn't understand. And he, this is important. Hey, And Russell clearly hadn't read the tweet but it was accurately portrayed in the reporter's question. Did Magic Johnson talk about rotations or any individual? No. All he said was Lakers fans can set being outplayed, but we deserve more. The lack of effort, no sense of urgency. He's not saying you don't have to be at practice every day. You don't have to be around the team all the time to just watch and go like, hmm, they're not playing that hard. There's no sense of urgency here. Like what is going on? So it, it feels like, and I don't think Russell's confused, but he's basically treating magic like magic doesn't know the inner workings of the organization and pointing out that no, he's not there. Magic wasn't there even when he did run for work for the Lakers. But you don't have to be there every day of practice. You don't have to understand what's going on to sit and look and watch and go like, these guys aren't really playing that hard. There's no sense of urgency. I would actually say magic's tweet is one of his first, if not his first really good tweet. Because it doesn't call anybody out by name, but just says in general, what is this team? Who are they? What are they doing? If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. That's why Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your credit, uh, you're in your first year. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Russell's not wrong. Magic's not around the Lakers. He doesn't know the inner workings. He doesn't know what's going on. He's not, that, there's nothing wrong with that. But Magic Johnson can watch a game and go like, man, they're not really connected. They don't have a sense of urgency. They're not playing that hard. I actually think it's maybe Magic Johnson's best tweet and in an ability to show that you're not defensive because you want to make sure that you're um, welcoming to the greatest Laker of all time. I would make the case that, you know, the response from Russell is he's worried about the the facts in the case. Well, he's not around the team. Like, I don't have to be around the team. I watched the TV. I was disgusted by how you guys played. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio. So, did you guys? How much of that Tampa game did you watch with Philadelphia? Byer, how, how long did you leave the Tampa Philadelphia game on, or did you just leave it on his background after a while? Yeah, I I watched pretty much all of it. Baby was asleep on me, so like can't get up, can't get up, oh, <laughs> yep. can't get up, yep, can't get up. 
Uh, I can't get up. Um, what were your thoughts? Uh, just a lot of, of what he ex- uh, what we all expected. We knew that people couldn't run on Tampa. Some teams just didn't even try. Um, Philadelphia, I think, tried a little um, to not much success. Uh, Jalen Hurts was, was up and down. There wasn't really anywhere that Philadelphia could go. And Tampa, despite being uh, really limited with the amount of guys that they were missing, just didn't seem to miss a beat. Um, okay, so... Uh... I was I was looking at it and I was like, well, it was the one game that I missed, and Philadelphia did sort of keep it kind of. It was never really competitive, right? It was thirty-one nothing. Yes, yeah. I mean it was a, it was a blowout, and and I did know that like I was like, man, it's really hard to run the football against Tampa. The back end of their defense is not strong, but the front end is very strong. There's a reason teams throw it almost always instead of run, run the football against them, and. I think everybody by now knows my opinion of of Jalen Hurts. I've I've never bought into the Jalen Hurts thing in the NFL ever, ever. Like we need, you just need to stop. Like, well, he's he's only twenty three. It's not like we didn't see him in college. This is who he was in college. He's a really good, solid dude, quarterback, more of a runner as a thrower. He just leaves a lot to be uh, desired. And, and Tua came in with the exact same offense and was light years better. Then he goes to Oklahoma where he has two former number one overall picks and they set the world on fire. By mid-year, they were like, dude, if you don't have it, just run it. And you just It doesn't mean they won't be in the NFL. He's just not a starter for a good team. You're like, well, they made the playoffs. They play the weakest schedule in the NFL. So And you're like, well, then why'd you pick the Eagles? I just, I, I like their defensive line. I like their offensive line. I thought they'd play really conservatively. And I, I thought they would do a better job of getting after Tom Brady. And Brady was really sharp, as were the Buccaneers. And they look good. They look rested. They look fresh. It was awesome. Um, but there, there came a point in time very early on in the game. You're like, wow, this is a bad game. It has no chance of being competitive. I would like to flip the channel to watch some basketball on. Here's Troy Aikman uh, talking with Joe Buck in the booth. Broadcast booth, Joe and Troy, and that game coming up, which is on CBS, which is the Dallas Cowboys hosting the San Francisco 49ers. We saw San Francisco with that overtime win in L.A. last weekend. That's going to be a good game. It's going to be a great game. Uh, I mean, a really good game. I think there's a lot of people that like to be calling that game. <laughs> but uh, should be a lot of fun. You're talking about Michaels and Collinsworth. Right when you, oh, I, I think anybody would like to be calling that one, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. gonna be, it's a great matchup. Two story franchises, both teams playing really good football. I think it's gonna be a fantastic game. Yeah, plenty of history too. And you've been a big part of that. Uh, and you've been a big part of that. Joe, Joe threw in there. What do you make of that, Byer? What do you, what do you make of what uh, what Aikman said? Well, I thought it was very weird. Um, and I know that there's some contractual stuff, but it used to be CBS gets the AFC, Fox gets the NFC, and then ESPN and NBC maybe get one game. But to have it on CBS was was totally weird. But uh, I think that well, I, I think that the 49ers and Cowboys game was the marquee game, and at that point in their game, uh, oh, with, and you know. it's going to do a gigantic number. Yeah, yeah, gigantic, Correct. gigantic number, gigantic. Um. What's the contra- contractual thing 
Jay Stu, you were telling me about? How does that work? It sounds like CBS uh, purchased the that time on Sunday during the wild card weekend. And it just so happens that yesterday and last year, the marquee game of the weekend, as Dan just pointed out, happened to be an NFC game. So CBS has had an NFC game each of the last two Sundays uh, of the wild card weekend. They literally just purchased that a la carte for like seventy million or whatever it was. Uh, and so that how much was that, it? That explains it. How much was it? Um, I think it is seventy million for one game. Seventy million a year for one game. I'll, I'll double check, but I think that's what I read. Was that was it? Bears Saints last year that also yes it that, was that yep. yeah. Jeez, it's so weird. It's so weird. It's really weird. Did, do you think do do other people real, real recognize this? I I think that. Or is this just a broadcasting thing? No, I think that it's. I think that other people would realize that because if you're an NFC team like you're the Cowboys, still even though you're in prime time a lot, a majority of your games would be on Fox. And I'm sure people probably had on the Fox, you know, just, oh, when's the Cowboy game on? Oh, it's on, you know, local time, 3.30. And I'm sure they probably turned on Fox and they're like, wait, where is it? And then ended up finding it on CBS. I, I know my if it was the Packers in that situation, I know I would have family members back in Wisconsin just tuning into Fox and then probably not finding it and then being like, oh, what channel is it on? And then, you know, figuring it out from there. Hmm. Um, okay, so who's Troy Matt at? Um, is he mad at Fox execs for not ponying up the extra money to make sure they get that? Is he mad that he's stuck at Fox and can't do that game? Is he mad at the league for selling off that piece when they've always done it and he's won three Super Bowls? Is he mad at Tony Romo who's making a ton of money <laughs> and he actually, Troy's like, I actually won three Super Bowls. He didn't win anything. A little bit Troy of this and a little bit of that. Yeah, there's there's nobody to be mad at if uh, if you know I'm I'm, re- I'm rereading the Andrew uh, Marchand tweet. It's seventy million bucks for that time slot, and CBS bought that. So I guess you could be mad at Fox for not buying that time slot. I think Troy just seems like envious, which is really weird to hear that in the middle of a game. Yeah, it was. It's weird. It's a weird thing to say. You know, it's a weird, it just puts everybody like, man, what is, what is that is, about? And is that, is that tied in with the Nickelodeon? Like, would that be the reason? Because maybe then that's Troy's maybe angst is like Nickelodeon is the reason why we have to broadcast this game and not the 49ers and Cowboys. Good question. I don't know. D- you mean Troy hates Nickelodeon? Yeah. He's just not a SpongeBob guy. There, there, <laughs> that was, uh, I was like, was like, not a fan I don't of the get the Nickelodeon. He's like, I don't get the Nickelodeon game. I go, what do you mean you don't get it? It's like for kids to watch. He's like, I'm a kid. I don't like. I want to watch the football game. I was like, okay. I mean, you know, it's I, it's designed to get people to watch the game. He's like, well, I'm already watching the game, <laughs> so I don't know what. The, I guess I th- I was like oh, maybe you're a little too old. Like the target demos younger. The sideline reporter kid was awesome. He was, he was great. It's it's really weird. It that that it was just weird. It was super weird. And you know, Troy. I, I know Amazon. It's been reported wants him to do their games, and I'm sure Troy's going to end up doing Amazon's game, the Fox games, and just backing up the Brinks trucks, and making a ton of money. Um, but that yeah, it was a weird comment from Troy Aikman. Like what, I don't understand. A lot of people like broadcasting. Like you're calling a game. 
Tom Brady. He was clearly over. He was just really over I, that game. Now, the more that we think about it, I think it has to do with Nickelodeon because I think that's why they got the game. Well, I know that's yeah. why they got. That's why they yeah. paid the extra money, right? Because yeah. CBS. And so his mind is like, we're missing out on doing the the marquee game for the conference that we mostly do throughout the year because of SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob always gets the. You know, <laughs> everybody always points out SpongeBob yeah. SquarePants, but there's a lot of other things on Nickelodeon. Do they still have? It's funny they do the slimed, right? The virtual slimed. But do they actually still have, you can't do that on television? No, that hasn't been around for a long time. No. So do kids even know what the slime is about? Like, is there another show? I don't think they understand the origin, but, I mean, slime's everywhere, I think, on that network. I don't think they know who Lisa Ruddy is, I'll tell you that much. That's a good point. Or Kevin Kubicheski, Christine, Alistair, and, of course, everyone's favorite, Dougie. Dougie. Yep. Everybody liked Dougie. Yes, they did. Everybody he was the youngest one. The Novak Djokovic less Aussie Open. Check out the latest lines in the world of sports. Bet River Sportsbook. Bet River is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21. President Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Adam Kaplan joins us. Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider. What's the likelihood Mike McCarthy returns as coach of the Cowboys? 100%. They're not. Uh, when I say 100%, I mean, <laughs> it's funny. Um, the, the Joneses were asked. Stephen, the president of the team, and his dad, Jerry, were asked about it, and they... They they cut. Kind of, it was almost like they knew it was coming, and they said he absolutely is going to be the head coach. That was uh, what, what Stephen how he was quoted. But I think when you really look at it, you do have to question the way that Mike McCarthy handles the timeouts and and going for it and not going for it, time possession, analytics, and all that. He's not great at it. He's a good head coach, but the little things which have become bigger things in today's NFL, Doug. It's, that's good. That's come under question. And plus, they were clearly the the team that should have won this game, uh, based on uh, the roster, which is better than the Forty ers But they played down to it, and I have to give the Forty ers credit. They've turned their season around. They're playing great football. They're they're one of the best teams right now in terms of performance over the last three to four weeks. And you know the Cowboys, by the way, Doug had won five out of six coming to this game. But there's something missing, particularly in offense, with them. And that's something they're going to have to take a look at. It, it, it Zeke Elliott's knee. And then, by the way, his contract, after this coming season, they can get out of it with very little penalty. So who knows what will happen with Ezekiel Elliott after 2022. All right, let's get to a couple of the other coaching searches. I saw this really cool thing on uh, social media where Rich Passaccia is writing personal letters to every player that played for him. And the guy, the players like him, people like him. Special teams coaches, if you want to say that doesn't work, it didn't work with the Giants, it's worked with the Baltimore Ravens as John Harbaugh has been excellent and seems to get the kind of the pulse of the room. Does he have any chance of keeping that job? He does. I would say that had they not gotten in the playoffs, I would say probably not. But the players adore him. Uh, the front office, from talking to them, they like him a lot. It, it, it's a, they have a pretty good vibe going. But Mark Davis uh, made it pretty clear to people privately they had made no decisions. He would make a decision in terms of uh, what he wanted to do within the next week. Uh, Basaccia is expected to get an interview. I just don't know if it's going to be enough, uh, but it is nice that, uh, look, they had to win the final four games of the season to, to, to get in the playoffs. Uh, they gave the Bengals a great game. They're severely undermanned. If you really look at the Raiders roster, Doug, they didn't really match up very well to the Cincinnati, but they, you know they did play them twice. Don't let the score fool you in the first game. They actually played the, the Bengals tough, but what happened in that game is uh, Joe Mixon ran well. In this past game, they, they hung in there against Joe Burrow, but he made just a few more plays, and that's why they won. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. Uh, Patriots, what 
What do they do after mm. getting to pants by Buffalo? I'm glad you brought that up. I was talking to someone uh, who had, uh, from uh, a coach from a team that had played them earlier. He said that, and I, I think this is true if you really look at the, the, the part of their defensive roster. They have to get younger at certain positions uh, on defense. I think that's part of it. They lack athleticism and playmakers on that side of the football. Uh, Josh Allen did not have to throw a ball to him, but when he did, he was highly successful. Big play after big play. And you could look, it was severely cold weather, but there was no win in the game, and that's why he was able to throw the football. And I think Bill Belichick has to take a look at it. He's got personnel control, and they, he's got to take a big look at his defense. They also need more explosiveness at the wide, receivers, uh, wide receiver position. That is an issue, and you've got to give the Bills credit, Doug. There's no question. Now, they've got a great rematch here. Uh, they will face the, the Chiefs now for the third time in the last two seasons. Yeah, and, and, and they, they've – tell me if I'm wrong. Bills are, beat, are built, and they have kind of continued to reconfigure themselves to beat the Chiefs, right? Like that's the – they knew that's the team they have to take down, and isn't that kind of what they're designed to stop and how they're designed to play against? I would say to a certain degree, well, they certainly have the firepower. And let's not forget, they went in very earlier in the season and won decidedly in Kansas City 38-20. to Now, they lost the championship game, Doug. Now, the one issue that you have for the Bills, it hasn't really shown up yet, but it probably will in this game. Don't forget, star cornerback Tredavious White is on injured reserve. Sure. Their best corner player with an ACL injury. That does concern me. We'll see what the weather looks like this weekend, but... Uh, to me, this is the game of the week. There's no question about it. Of, of all the potential matchups, though, we'll find out who plays the Buccaneers uh, tonight in the winner of the Cardinals-Rams uh, game. But the Bills-Chiefs game in a arrow, arrowhead, which is the nightcap, but it's the last game of this week, and I, I cannot wait for that game. I, I can't wait for it. I can't wait for it either. Adam Kaplan is our, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. Um, okay, so let's let's move over to the Eagles, which you do yeah. a podcast focusing on the Eagles. Correct. I haven't been a Jalen Hurts guy for a long time. Okay, just full, full disclosure. Not that he's like some horrible human being or terrible quarterback. I just don't think long-term he's a, he's a starting quarterback if you actually want to win the league. I know they made the playoffs. Really weak division. Weak, really weak schedule. Yep. Um, and I thought that got exposed. They had three first-round draft picks. Who's the quarterback of the Eagles next year? Yeah, and Doug, that's their first. That's their number one question. What are they going to do with those three first round picks? Uh, 16, uh, 15, 16, and nineteen. The chances are it won't be Hurts. There's nothing definitive. Talking to the Eagles, they haven't made any decisions yet. Nick Sirianni, the head coach, now will be involved over the next couple of weeks in their personal meetings. He'll have an opinion, uh, kind of where things are at. The coaches will. Uh, but the thing with Hurts is, and you saw this in this game in their, in their blowout loss at, at Tampa Bay. He's just not a good enough passer. That. See, if you're, if you're going to think he could be the guy, that is the issue. You and I have talked about this on your show this season when we talked about Philly, is the inability to get a consistent passing game. Look, they had the NFL's best running game since week seven, but you saw what happened, and this is what the Eagles found out once and for all. When they have to throw, they don't throw particularly well. And that's, I, in the end, I don't think it's going to be good enough for the Eagles, but again, they do tell me that they've not made any decision. Yeah, I made any decision. As of yet, as of yet, have have not made any decision. Um, okay, uh, I we we have Niners, Packers. Yeah. Now, granted, the Packers have already beaten the Niners since the the two complete blowouts going back two years ago. Um, but it, this, if there's a style, if there's a way in which you can beat the Packers, you got Nick Bosa. They, they got after Dak yesterday. There's no reason they can't. 
Uh, well, by the way, what's his status after he went out and came back with the injury? Yes, yeah, so Bosa has, has a head injury. They have not said yet what his status is. Now, Fred Warner, boy, I'll tell you what, I don't know if you saw it. Boy, when it went down, it looked like a non-contact knee injury. It wound up being an ankle injury. He said on social media today he thinks he'll be able to play. Uh, Kyle Shannon said after the game he, he would have a chance. They're going to see what he could do in practice this week. It's not good that it's on a short week. The, the question would be if he plays, how limited he'll be. But I have to tell you, I did pick the Niners in the upset to win. There are a couple things here. Their running game is so good. Elijah Mitchell was fifth on their depth chart to start training camp, and he wound up being their starter. And what a great six-round pick he's turned out to be. Their offensive line's doing a good job. Uh, the scheme's working offensively. Look at Jawan Jennings at receiver, who's done a nice job. Tall guy. And defensively, you just talked about it. Nick Bosa has been great coming off the ACL injury. They're going to need him. That is a concern. And obviously Fred Warner, that would be a concern. And with the Packers, they come in the healthiest they've been in months. They're, they're, they're going to be well-rested. This is a rematch of a game earlier, earlier this season, which was pretty tight. But the Packers won it at, at, at the Niners, and this will be the nightcap on on Saturday on Fox, this is a, this is a fun game because no one thought the 49ers would get there, but they are. Yeah, they here here they are. All right, what about today? We got Rams taking on the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Weird series this year in which they each took a game off the other on the other's home field. It does feel like there's a tremendous amount of pressure on Matt Stafford. Um, but you know, like, look, it's not like you know Kyler has shown some flaws of late. What are your thoughts heading into this matchup? Well, speaking of pressure, Cliff Kingsbury enters the 22 season on the final year of his deal, and he hasn't got that extension yet, and you know, Kyler Murray has got to see what he can do. J.J. Uh, Watt's going to play, but they don't know how many snaps he'll be able to handle and how effective he's going to be, but he'll give them an emotional lift. But I'll tell you what, their passing game has not been the same since DeAndre Hopkins hurt his knee and had knee surgery. That is, to me, the deciding factor here. Now, the one issue, though, that I, that I have with the Rams is both starting safeties are out, and that is a concern for me. And that is why Eric Weddle was signed out of retirement. He will play in this game. He was activated off of their practice squad, and he's going to play tonight. I have no idea how many snaps he can handle. He just he was on his couch a week ago, and after two practices, he's back uh, with the Rams once again, and he'll see what w- how many snaps he can handle. But that would be a concern to me, and why it probably will be a high scoring game. But in the end, in the end, I picked the Rams earlier this week, and. I'm trying to go 6-0 and versus the spread, which I did not think I could do, but I am picking the Rams tonight minus a 3.5. So you took Tampa? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I had them blowing out the Philly. Yeah, I was like the only one in Philly who thought they'd, they'd blow out the Eagles. The Eagles, here's the problem. Josh Sweat, their best defensive end, was out with a significant illness. I don't know if you know this. He had a life-threatening illness. Thank goodness he's fine, but... Yeah, I got them all right, man. I uh, I had the Niners, and uh, I told again I don't bet, but I for some TV work that I do, I always try to stay up with my friend Scott Farrell, and I said, take the money line if you're going to take if you're going to take the Niners, don't take the three, take the money line. They're going to win straight up, and guess what? It didn't look good when Dallas drove downfield, but that was it. But I don't know about you, but that was the most exciting game of the week, and that was incredible. Oh, it was it was it was amazing. Okay, so look, there's been uh, critique of everyone. Yes. The official, I understand you're supposed to trail the play, but it felt like he got caught watching, right? Like in basketball, when you're coaching basketball, my, my coach in college, Eddie Sutton, late great yes. Eddie Sutton, would say, yep. you know, you want to be a spectator, buy a ticket, right? <laughs> so the idea is, you know, you got to be involved in the play. Yeah. It felt like he, he just got caught for a split second. Now, should Dak have handed in the ball? Absolutely. And that was Dallas's mistake. Should they have shown more urgency? Yes. 
But w- does does the league change anything? Because remember, that official used to be in front of the play. Now he's behind the play. No, but see, the ball has to be respotted, And that's that's the thing about that play. And, and uh, McCarthy uh, talked about it. But the whole process took too long. And remember, they, they a field goal was irrelevant. They had to get a touchdown. It just it just took too long. I, I I I was surprised that they did it. I understand he said that they practiced it pretty well, but the process took too long. And Dak ha- the Dak's lack of awareness was a problem for me. And you know, there's their, their offense. But you know, I mentioned Ezekiel Elliott. He has not looked the same since he had the, the knee issue over two months ago. They their offensive line is not great. Tyron Smith's not the same player at left tackle. They got to take a look at a couple things here on offense. I, I did not think they closed the season very well. No, they, they've kind of gotten old in a hurry a little bit there, right? Like Tyron Smith comes in in an amazing physical condition, but he's not the same. He's not far and away the best left tackle in football the way he used to be viewed as the best left tackle in football. No, he doesn't. And that's going to be something interesting. And one more thing with the Cowboys. I would bet the house that they're going to lose one of the coordinators, whether it's Dan Quinn or Kellen Moore. And it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what they do, particularly if they lose Dan Quinn, because remember, he turned their defense around. They ran a 34 last year under Mike Nolan. It didn't work. He changed it to his defense, but he ran a lot of man coverage. He junked the Seattle cover three, and they turned it around. They were a great defense for most of the season. And that, to me, would be detrimental to their progress if Quinn does get the Broncos head coach job or any other one. Who gets uh, Houston? I felt Brian Flores would get it. Uh, they're, they're going through interviews right now. Uh, I, I do believe it'll be someone connected with uh, Nick Casari, the GM, because the, the New England days and the, the, the guy, the sleeper one would be Gerard Mayo, a, a high-level defensive assistant with the Patriots who was a former first-round pick many years ago. And he's really highly thought of. There's no question about it. But uh, the, 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 name, the, 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 the number one name there would be Brian Flores. Yeah, now if they get Flores... Can they keep Deshaun Watson? Can they get him back no, in the building? No, they, they're not. Uh, they, they want to move on from Deshaun. It's, uh, it's the legal issues and, and his willingness to settle. Uh, if they could get the settlements, that, that certainly would help. But the problem is you also, as one team who's still in it, told me they want to know what's going to happen from a legal standpoint with, uh, with the city of Houston. So we'll see what happens. Who gets Chicago? Uh, I believe it's going to be an offensive mind, though. I'll tell you what, talking to the Bears... They're leaving it open for uh, you know a defensive coach, but I think it's more going to be offense. Uh, Brian Dable is a name to keep an eye on. The, the Bills OC has done an unbelievable job. I don't think there's been a better job developing quarterback than Brian Dable has with Josh Allen, who no one thought, by, by the way, when the Bills drafted Josh Allen and his bad inaccuracy at Wyoming and his bad first season, no one thought that he could become the player he has. And right now he's one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL. Hey, great stuff. Uh, Cap, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for joining us. Congrats on uh, you running a fever here. I was 5-1. and one. Of course, I, I doubled up in the Bengals. I took Bengals and, and under. But I missed on the Eagles because I just thought running the football, keep it close. Yeah. You know, maybe score a touchdown late. I thought 8 was because I remember Tampa. And Tampa didn't have Leonard Fournette. And I just, yeah. you know, I, I, I just thought they would just win the game and get out of there, uh, you know. The one I missed was the, the Gronk prop over five and a half. He, he scored and only had five because the Eagles are the worst team in the NFL covering tight ends. So they give up eight catches per game. But um, yeah, watch Zach Ertz tonight, by the way, if you're into that stuff. Zach Ertz should have a huge game because without DeAndre Hopkins, he's, he's got like 40 targets in his last four games, I think. It's interesting because that offense traditionally doesn't use the tight end. Of course, Cliff, has had, to, Cliff, Cliff has had to evolve yep. in, in the NFL, evolve or, or perish. Uh, th- thanks so much, Adam. We'll talk to you, you soon. Thanks. Adam Kaplan, of course, the uh, Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. 
Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day this time, we like to play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1, we call it. And now. <laughs> what does the fuck say? This is Colin Cowherd talking about the play call heard around the world, which ended the Cowboys season. The quarterback draw. Now, I would not have called that. Apparently, Kellen Moore called it, and then Mike McCarthy was on headsets. He was good with it. But um, there are four reasons with no timeouts left and limited time why I wouldn't have called it. You can roll the tape now. One, the sidelines are your friend. The middle of the field's your enemy with no timeouts left. It's quicksand. Stay away. Number two. This wasn't the case, but it often is. Middle of the field, quarterback draw, big heavy defensive lineman or linebacker lays on you. You're slower to get up. Number three, the Cowboys were having success with the strength of their team. Wide receiver throwing to the sidelines. Nine yards, 10 yards, nine yards. Got 30 yards in 14 seconds. It was working perfectly. I've seen it. Tom Brady's done it a thousand times. And number four is Nick Bosa was out, right? So that meant Dak was going to have a little nicer pocket. And the weakness of the Niners is corners. And the strength of the Cowboys, even with Michael Gallup hurt, is their weapons. Play to your strengths. Um, look, I, I, I get it, okay? I, I get what Colin is saying. In a general sense, you do play to your strengths. Okay, but we also have to, there's a rule in sports that goes like this. Take what the defense is giving you. Right. It's great. Throw it outside like they're playing outside. I, there was I, to me, there's nothing wrong with the play call. It was merely in the execution. Okay? Merely in the execution. I'm not going to tell you I am a genius coach or that I could sit there and coach in the NBA today. Okay? But I have coached a lot of basketball games, not just youth. Yesterday, we won one championship, lost in the finals of the other. And you'll every day, every game you coach, you learn something. And when I coached a team that went to Israel, we spent time in every practice working on game situations for for just those sorts of moments. And then in the preliminary games before the actual tournament started, I would use those end of game situations for the end of quarters. When Jay Wright, okay, Jay Wright's play that Chris Jenkins hit, by the way, we had a podcast, two-part podcast with Chris Jenkins called All Ball. It's great. You can hear him talk about it. But Jay Wright uses his use it or lose it timeout in most first halves uh, at the end of most first halves of games. Why? So he can practice his end of game situations. Okay? All of those little things you practice, you drill, they matter. It doesn't mean you'll be successful. Now, if they practiced it and drilled it and that's what it looked like, either they didn't practice it hard or right or simply forgot, but it was a mess. I have no problem with the play call. Run something you've run. Take what the defense gives you. All of that is great. They didn't have great urgency. They didn't get the ball to the to to the um, to the judge. And Dak can say he should have gone down earlier. When he's running, he has a direct line of sight right at the clock. He has to know exactly how many time how many seconds he has. He can slide to get himself in position. You have to know all those things. All right, we got a lot to get to here. I'm coming next, including that Cowboys debacle. Okay, 
That's up coming next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.